How do multifamily owners retain renters and increase net operating income? Well, we're on a journey to find out. You're listening to Amenitize or Die, tactics and strategies from the front lines of multifamily. I'm your host, Scott Patterson, Marine Corps veteran and founder of Tumble Smart Laundry on the mission to increase NOI through your shared laundry experience. We've got Regan Hartley on the show, who is VP of sales at Zeal Energy, a technology first electric vehicle charging company that has been adopted by the nation's largest real estate companies to electrify thousands of parking spaces. Regan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much, Scott. I appreciate it. Great. So uh, first things first, right? Uh, who, who are you? How'd you come to Zeal? Uh, you know, I've, I've certainly read a lot about um, your background, but would love, love to hear from you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I started with the multifamily industry in 2013 at a company called Package Concierge. So we did smart locker systems that help manage packages, um, convincing people that lockers were a good idea, you know, and now you can't really have a property without them uh, or some sort of package management solution. And then we also started a company called Tour24, so an app for self-guided apartment tours. So I've always been focused on property technology, new innovation, uh, making processes easier and more efficient. And recently, in January, I started with Zeal Energy doing electric vehicle charging stations for the multifamily space. So um, a little, uh, my third my third time, hopefully third time's the charm, uh, <laughs> and definitely loving multifamily and property tech. So Zeal, Zeal doesn't only do multifamily though, right? Like it's it's pretty much anything in the built world. Right, right. Any place that needs electric vehicle charging, which there are tons of them now with all the new vehicles coming into the marketplace, anyone can utilize Zeal. Um, I just oversee the multifamily division. Great. And then, so what? What is I, now with everything going on? There's charging state. There's charging companies kind of coming out of the woodwork. Um, Zeal has some very cool technology. Uh, so maybe you could tell a little bit about Zeal and how it's different and why it's so popular amongst um, all these real estate uh, owners. Absolutely. So the biggest, um, I guess, the biggest component with multi, or I'm sorry, with electric vehicle charging companies, is that electric vehicle charging stations they need to be connected to be considered smart, um, meaning to do smart functions. So access control, payment processing. Um, you know, all that good stuff that you want those chargers to be able to do, they need to be connected in some way, shape or form, whether that's cellular, Wi-Fi or hardwired connection. So I'm sure you can imagine in an existing property, especially a parking garage or even some of these more rural areas, connectivity is very rare to find. It's really, really difficult or it's extremely expensive. So what we have developed is a self-reliant connectivity protocol that we call Apollo. And so what Apollo allows us to do is essentially just give that charging station power and it is a decentralized network. So our users only have to download the app one time. They tap the charger, which authenticates that user. The, um, you know, the charging station will actually charge the car. And then at the end, when the user taps the charger to finish their session, it sends a receipt or a ledger back to the user's phone, which reconnects up to the cloud. So the nice thing about that is our chargers never have to be connected to do all of those smart functions. Right. So we have 100% yeah. uptime. Yeah, I mean, that's great, right? Like, obviously, I, I know a lot about uh, basements, uh, basement laundry rooms and lack of connection and in, in, in variety of places. So uh, something that we we had to overcome as well. 
but I, I, so one of the cool, th- like, obviously like I'm, I'm a tech nerd, um, built our first prototype myself actually. Um, and so what I really, really like about zeal, and I think this is, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's kind of novel to the space is that lack of connectivity, like being able to, um, walk up to any charger, as long as I, I imagine I would have to have money on my account first or, or something like that. You just need the app downloaded. So your phone can literally be on airplane mode and it would still facilitate a charge. Right. But I don't, I, you don't have to prepay your account. You can just like walk you have it already. And, yeah. It's oh, already great. linked when you download the app. It links to your bank account or to your credit no, card. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So like I, I, you know, wherever I am, right. I, if I got to charge my car, I just tap it and then, you know, it's, it's good to go. That's, that's, that's really interesting. So with that, like, are you able to, Zeal doesn't make chargers per se, right? Right, right. So we are hardware agnostic, meaning that we can pivot, we can evolve. The nice thing is, say in like 10 or 20 years, there's cooler hardware out there, which we all know that there will be, right? We have the ability to grow and to scale with our clients. So supply chain being what it is, or the industry as quickly as it's evolving, we can adjust as need be. So we're definitely more of a technology company than EV charging. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. So when you're going out, right. And you're going to talk to multifamily operators, which, you know, uh, I don't know how many of them have electric cars, probably more these days than, uh, than, than before, but what, what is, what is the pitch? I mean, how do you, how do you talk them into electric vehicles or even, um, the capital that it takes to, to put in chargers? I think the proof is in the, in the headlines. I mean, if you look at the headlines, all of these new automotive, you know, um, manufacturers or dealers, they're all developing electric fleets. So, you know, I think it was Hyundai. They just put 16 billion with a B dollars into their electric movement. And if you, there was a recent poll actually by Bloomberg that said over 50% of people now are choosing to go electric for their next vehicle. So it's coming And those who do not drive electric, I think it's more of a learning curve and an educational opportunity for us as, you know, the consultants essentially, or the experts in this space. So unlike a traditional gas car, for example, a lot of people that drive electric, they charge their cars just like they charge their phones. So they're going to charge it where they spend the most amount of time, typically where they work or where they sleep. Um, Especially now with work from home. I mean, a lot of these people are living in multifamily communities and there just isn't, you know, the infrastructure in place yet. So it's for us, it's really important to educate the market with what trends are coming, how to best prepare, and then also to help them develop a really thoughtful EV charging strategy. So that way they can grow and they don't have to come back to us, you know, a year later and say, oh gosh, we need more. Yeah. So, I mean, are there, there, there would, I mean, U.S. just passed a gigantic bill, right, on, on modernization and, you know, they called it the Inflation Reduction Act, but that I don't think was the main point. Um, so, as part of that, though, there's there's probably electric vehicle charging benefits. Is there is there any any part of that that was to like help build some of this infrastructure? Absolutely. So there are many local city and state mandates, rebate programs, incentive programs out there. Um, we actually are full turnkey, so we will assist our clients with getting you know those rebates or those incentives. Um, if there's free money, we want to help our clients get it. Um, And then also being, you know, first in the queue, Um, you would think that it would be an easy process to get those funds, but it can take a while. Um, So it's really about consulting with our clients, making sure that they have 
their best foot forward um, and that they know that those funds are available, but there's a lot of opportunity. And, you know, okay. So like we, we tend to work in sort of value add properties and, and things like that. But I mean, this really, I mean, there isn't a single property that this touches or does like, I guess, sorry, there's not a single property that this wouldn't touch, right? Like this is really kind of for everyone at this point, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we have a lot of national clients who have developed a, a national rollout strategy, right? So we look at each major market, what trends are coming, what type of EV adoption there is, what the existing infrastructure looks like, and really try to work with them to develop a thoughtful plan. But I'll tell you, I recently worked with a client based out of Sweden, believe it or not, for their US portfolio. And the first market they're rolling out is Kentucky. So this is not just a California thing. This is not just a Florida or a Texas, um, you know, transition. This is happening all over the United States. Yeah. I, so I, I was, I guess, a tangent. I, I was out in Norway uh, back in May and some really interesting things about Norway. So Norway runs on 99% renewable energy, uh, which is kind of crazy. And when I was there, I saw more Teslas than Palo Alto. Like it was like Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. They have every electric car out there. Um, they, they have a huge sovereign wealth fund that's all from exporting oil because they really don't need it. Um, what, like the adoption over there is obviously huge. Adoption here in the United States is certainly catching up, right? I think it was California, the number one car was electric, right? This was that, that was a recent headline, I think. And so what, I mean, for you and I, it seems kind of obvious that the, that you should start installing electric chargers. But what are some of the, the things that you do run into um, that maybe kind of that you can assuage? Yeah, I mean, historically speaking, electric cars, you had two options, really, right? You had the Leaf, which personally, not my thing, right? And then there was the Tesla that would price people out, you know, or, or if you could afford the Tesla, you were more than likely living in a single family community. Now there's the Ford F-150 with more than half a million reservations. There's the $20,000 Mazda. You know, there's a Hummer. There's all these different uh, vehicles coming into the space. And now it's really, look, especially with gas prices being what they are, it's the more economical option. Um, and also, I'm, I don't know about you, but I always want the coolest and latest tech. I don't know how many times I've upgraded my iPhone because I want to be the coolest and the, the more hip person. That's what it is with the electric cars. They're they're really, really cool. So people want to drive electric and um, if they can get some money for it or, um, you know, have the ability to charge at home, why not? Yeah. So, I mean, what's the density that you look at then for uh, for kind of like a, a, I don't know, a hundred unit property, right? Like I, I think in the perfect world, all of them would be electrified, right? But what are, what are some of maybe the, the early growth bands? Yeah. Yeah, no, in an ideal world, I mean, if you ask our CEO, they're like, one for one, one parking spot, one EV charger. And I'm all for it. I will sell that all day. Um, but realistically, what we are recommending is a 20% allocation of stalls to EV charging at this time. Some new development, depending on the location, the demographic, sometimes that's a little bit more, um, especially due to the recent headlines with us finally surpassing that 5% tipping point. So this is going to become the new normal. Um, so 20% is safe in my, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, if you ask our CEO, it's one for one. I mean, right. Cause that I mean, <laughs> trends, a trend's a trend, right? A trend's a trend. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So, okay. So this, I mean, this is a podcast about amenities, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm a little bit biased on this one. I actually don't even own a car, but I, I, if I did own a car, it would be probably, what would you get? I'd probably, a Tesla? Tesla. yeah, yeah. I, I, I want one of those, uh, like model S's that goes like the new one with the cool steering wheel. Yeah. Yeah. I want one of those real, real bad. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, I live in San Francisco and like, I honestly don't need a car. And, um, so that's just kind of the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like what when we're talking about the demographic that is now becoming renters, whether it's by necessity or it's just like part of, you know, that phase of their life. I mean, this sounds like a loaded question. Uh, how much of a match between the demographic that is now becoming renting renters mm-hmm. and electric vehicle charging um like what, what is the correlation in sort of getting more leads through a door or, you know, um, turning prospective renters into residents? Yeah. I mean, so this amenity is unlike all others that at least I've sold in my, in my lifetime in this space. So, I mean, package locker sisters systems. Yes. That's a great amenity to have. It's nice to have a smart tour. Sure. Right. You don't have to talk to anybody. Um, but if you drive an electric car, you drive an electric car, you won't even look at a property without ample EV charging, especially it's more than 50% of the time electric vehicle charging stations are down. And 92% of that is due to connectivity failure. So it's like barely finding a gas station. And then when you get there, there's no gas, right? So having that, you know, amenity is a, it's a must have amenity. If you drive an EV, it's not a nice to have. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's like a utility at this point. It's not even like a, uh, you know, you're not, you're not installing a sky pool here. You're, you're installing a way for me to charge my car. Um, I mean, I, I think another one of the things I've heard that's been kind of a pushback is um, like paying for electricity, right? Mm-hmm. So um, obviously with, with your platform, um, you could probably do it either way, right? Like I imagine you could either do a metered type of thing or as a, it could be, maybe that's the amenity side of this. It's like, hey, it's free. Yeah, you know, we have some clients who have talked about doing it for free because quite frankly, there's just not the volume yet of drivers that are utilizing all that electricity. However, you know, if more than 50% of people will be driving an electric car in the next, what, five to eight years, that's a lot of electricity. And that's a lot of money that you could be coming in from that sort of amenity. Um, So keep in mind, we're not talking, you know, $6 a gallon, for example, we're talking like 10 cents a kilowatt. Um, but there is, I mean, we have some clients that are making significant income from this amenity. Um, and so I would always recommend charging for it. People expect to charge for it, especially being conditioned with gas prices being what they were, but we can charge either by how much the electric car consumes. We can charge for time. We can also do idle fees if people are squatting and leaving their car. Um, so there's tons of different ways that we can customize the platform to best suit the needs of the residents and the properties. Great. So uh, you get charging for your cars, the utility side of it, get a little ancillary revenue on the side, mm-hmm. a, little, a little kickback there. And, um, you know, if you want to turn it into something, then, then you can, right? It's, it's, uh, it's choose your own adventure here at, uh, at Zeal Energy. Exactly. Um, yeah. Great. Regan at, 
you know, you, you've been at a few startups, been in multifamily. Um, you know, obviously you've been around Eric uh, for a while. Um, now that you're now you're another early stage. I mean, how many people are at Zeal now? Like twelve? No, um, goodness, we have been growing so quickly. I mean, I started with the company, like I said, in January, um, and I want to say we had less than fifteen employees. We've easily doubled that. Um, since I've been a part of the company. So it's been super exciting. Um, We're really investing too in the technology, making sure that whatever we do put out there, it's done right, Um, that we have the support to help back it up, not only just, you know, the salespeople, which is also important, but also that customer service piece of it and the implementation piece of it. We really want to be thoughtful uh, with regards to these relationships, because as you know, in our industry, you know, you have to do right by your clients, obviously. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and, I mean, but now you've seen it multiple times. I mean, like new founders out there, I, I, I certainly felt like it was difficult to break into real estate. Um, Mm -hmm. luckily like lots of supporters that kind of helped, helped out, but what does it take to break into sort of a, a prop tech scene, um, to bring something, I mean, to me, like zeal energy is kind of like a no brainer, right? Like, Let's make it a no-brainer. This needs to, this is a thing. This is a trend. How do we do this? Mm-hmm. How how would you suggest that if someone had a no-brainer, right? A mm-hmm. property X, I have this product. It's great for you. Like, where do you even start? I think the biggest piece of advice that I would give is just to get out there. Like, don't be afraid to go to a networking event and just walk up to somebody because <laughs> you never know who you're talking to. Um, so getting out there, spreading, you know, your, your company, your purpose, your mission, I think is super important. I would also say, you know, the best piece of advice that was also given to me was never burn a bridge. Uh, and that, you know, was probably the first thing that I learned in the industry because people move so quickly. Um, and so, you know, maybe the property manager that you met on day one is now the VP at another company and can help you out. Um, so, Never burn a bridge. Treat everyone, you know, how you would want to be treated, the golden rule. And then just get yourself out there and to network. Um, I think also vendor relationships, it's so important to keep those strong because chances are if I don't know somebody or I don't know how to break into that company, someone else, you know, would know and would be able to help and vice versa. So um, communication and networking, I think, is so important. Yeah, I I mean, and... I mean, real estate's a small, multifamily is even smaller, right? I mean, there's commercial real estate, which is kind of like overarching, but then just like multifamily is kind of this mm-hmm. huge, but very tiny, uh, circle of, of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I've, I found people so, so welcoming, like really, like if you go talk to folks, like they're like, yeah, great. I'd love to talk to you. Like, let's hang out. Right. No, no one's going to be like, oh, I don't want to talk to you and walk yeah. away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like go to NA and have a beer or whatever and, and hang out. Um, yeah, I, I, so this is, this is kind of like one of my, my favorite ones, right? Like my favorite questions. So talking about just building a next level experience, right? Like where, where do you think like multifamily is going with, so, cause you're, you're really on the edge here, right? Electric mm-hmm. vehicles, you know, you're, you're at one of those heart, like hot tech startups, you know, uh, mm-hmm. building, building on the edge. Like where, where, where else do you see this going in multifamily? Like where technology can kind of pair up on these trends and, and, and push kind of the next level resident experience. Yeah. I mean, historically speaking, I think multifamily has been a little archaic, right? We've been a little slower to adopt new technology, historically speaking. 
Um, and then COVID hit. And then now we're all like, okay, what's the new great, like the, the latest and greatest technology? What do we need to be you know, thinking about? And I will say a lot of the conversations I've had post pandemic have been very welcoming to new technology and to new prop tech in particular. Um, finding new efficiencies is super important, but also realizing throughout that kind of incubator time, what pain points were truly important. Um, so I would say now I think um, our industry is definitely more open to technology, um, looking for the latest and greatest tech to alleviate pain points or to um, help adapt with new trends coming into the marketplace. So, Okay, so new, new trends is really like code for new renters though, right? Like, I mean, isn't that who creates the trends is who's going to live in these properties? Our renters have definitely gotten a little more, I want it when I want it. <laughs> and yeah. if it doesn't work, it's not good. Like there's no excuse kind of a thing. Like they're very, I would say our renters are definitely more um, demanding and not in a negative way, but they, they are more educated, I guess is a better way to say it. So our renters are more educated into the marketplace. There's more competition. Um, if one company is doing one thing and then another isn't, you know, it, there's a huge disconnect there. So I would definitely say the renter is more educated, a little more demanding. And so it's up to us, I think, being in this industry to help push it forward and to give the people what they want, <laughs> make them happy. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta cater the experience, and and, and I obviously totally agree with you, right? Like, hundred percent uptime. Um, right. Like the entire reason I started Tumble was because guess what? There was not a hundred percent uptime in the uh, in the laundry room, like ever. Um, and you know, like it just gets annoying. It's like this. It's like insult to injury, right? Like every time you go to do something that seems like it should be very simple. Uh, you know, it just, it just isn't. And then it's like, you know, like, why do I even live here? Like, what am I even doing here? Um, when you can go get a, get a better experience somewhere else and mm -hmm. maybe pay a little bit extra for it. Exactly. Exactly. And I think with us, like what really pushed me to zeal was because we stand behind the technology. We're not at the mercy of like an AT&T or a Verizon or some sort of connectivity failure or anything like that. Uh, we really take complete ownership um, over the experience. And that's why we stand by 100% uptime. And that's why, especially with retrofits, not having to put in that IT infrastructure is so important because it's not an easy task to implement this type of technology. So with us, all you need is power. You're saving, what, $150,000 to $100,000 in, in putting in the modems and all the transponder. Like it's, it's really a big cost savings and then also a better experience for the renters as well. Yeah. So, I mean, so ESG strategy right now, huge thing, um, especially any of the publicly traded REITs or, or anything like that. Um, where, where, where does sort of electric vehicle charging fit into that? Is that kind of like, um, like how do you help like owners, operators, future proof these, these properties? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I would say, 75% of our clients um, who have chosen to utilize Zeal on a large scale, all of them have their own ESG boards, right? They're head of you know, sustainability or director of water and energy or whatever that title might be. Um, and so for us, you know, working with them to develop a thoughtful strategy, I think is the most important. We will not just put two chargers into a property um, and say, good luck, because that's not solving the need. Um, 
so that's, that's probably the first thing. And then also, you know, from an implementation standpoint, making sure you have the right partners in place so you can scale and you can grow, um, having enough electrical capacity in, in place, doing the proper upgrades and the, um, all the sorts of enhancements that you need to do on the sites. So we work really closely with all of those, you know, boards on a national scale um, to give them the proper, you know, conversion ratio to make sure that you're sticking with the local city and state mandates as well. Some states have, you know, a requirement for new developments. So it's up to us as, you know, the experts in the space to make sure that our clients are not only adhering to that, but also aware of where the industry is going. Um, so that way they do it right the first time. And, and w- when you're talking to clients like, or prospective clients, I guess, um, how, how sad, I mean, you said obviously people have boards on this, mm-hmm. right? But like, is that hundred percent of the companies that you talk to? Is that 20% of the companies you talk to? Like how seriously is this being taken? I would say the majority of our clients are taking this extremely seriously. It's not just an amenity. It's also a social impact. You know, you have, this is something you have to do um, in order not only to be competitive, but, and to give the residents what they want, but also from a federal, local city and state mandate uh, level, this is coming. Um, So it's more for us, it's about education, consulting with our clients, making sure that we do it right. Uh, that we make it as seamless and easy as possible. So for us, for example, we're full turnkey. Uh, so we'll help with the rebate and incentive programs. We'll help uh, find the best installation partner, get you the most competitive price, oversee that install, and then work with you along the way um, on a quarterly basis to ensure that we have the proper number um, in, installed, that everything's working the way that it should. So it's really um, a white glove service that we do provide which I think matters and it, it definitely helps because EV charging, it's, you know, we're not, we're not solving world hunger by any means. So it shouldn't be that difficult. We need to make it easy for our clients. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've seen a property manager's inbox before and it's uh it's a scary, scary place. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, and especially, I, I think that's kind of one of the things that I've certainly noticed in multifamily or probably real estate is like people just don't have time or, or they're like doing a million things. Mm-hmm. Right. And you really have to make it easy for, for folks. Um, and like, we're, we're happy to do a bunch of work for people, right? Like mm-hmm. we'll send termination letters, we'll review Lisa, like their, their contracts, like wh- whatever it takes for us to kind of put that business case together or, um, just make it easy. Like we do, we handle all the installation. I mean, everything we'll do all the coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's like key to any of this, right. Is like, can you imagine? So I think I lived in a property that had like, I don't know, 700 parking spaces or something like that. Can you imagine if it was like the property manager's job to electrify a hundred parking spaces there? Like when they had an onsite team of like two people. We've done it. <laughs> yeah, right. But you've done it, right? And that's the whole that's the whole point, right? It's it's like that's 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 what you're here to do, right? Uh, right. And the nice thing too, I mean, since we don't rely on anything to stay connected and do the smart functions, literally all we need is power. So it's funny because people ask me all the time. They're like, okay, well, what about customer service? I'm like, we have 24 seven customer service. You have a dedicated customer success specialist. No one calls. We, we don't get complaints. We don't get angry people with the, with the chargers being down. Thank God. I think I need to knock on wood. Um, 
right? <laughs> but it's it's nice that you know our our tech is so solid that it really is hands free. It takes care of itself, um, and it's you know built to last. We can scale. It's built to last, um, and then you do have the support should you ever need it. Great. Well, yeah, I always like to wrap this one up with just kind of you know turn it over to you if there's anything you know that you want people to know about Zeal or. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about, uh, being Miss New Hampshire, I think that would be <laughs> fun. Uh, Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm from New Hampshire. I competed at Miss America in 2012. Um, and so my platform was around anti-bullying. I passed the first law in New Hampshire for anti-bullying, wow. um, and then was first runner up for the quality of life award at Miss America. So that was kind of how I started my, uh, I guess my career, if you will. Um, but now look at me, I'm selling EV charging and multifamily. <laughs> hey, you're still changing the world though. So there you I go. Know. I know. charger I mean, at a time. <laughs> yeah. Like 2012, I was like, I don't know, in Iraq <laughs> or something. I don't know. Uh, doing something. I'll it for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, thank you so much, uh, Regan for coming on. Um, really, I, I think Zeal is a very exciting company. Um, and you know, I, I can't wait to see where all this goes. I also can't wait to get a Tesla and try it out. So absolutely. Uh, Let me know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, great. Well, uh, that's it. So thanks for listening to the show. Um, if you want to connect with us, you can find us on LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, at a die. Um, and thanks for listening.